Our library had books. Mine also had books. Okay. Yeah. There were Mac books. <laughs> um, Did you have... There were novelizations of the movie Mac and Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 109 of Video Games Hot Dog. How's it going, fellas? I'm going pretty good. Yeah. 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 Good. Uh, do you have anything to add? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Um, We're off to a great start. Yeah. Mm. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing? The important question, guys, is how are you doing? <clears throat> is it possible that we've had too much to drink? It is possible. Uh, it's Is it possible that uh, 11 hours from now we have to be on the road yes. with all of, well, not all of our possessions? Not even no, just all of your fraction. possessions. Well, no, not even a tiny fragment of my possession. I have fragment? a lot of po- Riff, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a big deal. I have a lot of possessions. <laughs> um Many of which are like walls and buildings and stuff. Oh, uh, so right. I can't take them with me to San Francisco. Video game cabinet, Which is where we are going. Yeah. We are going to San Francisco with a truckload of other people's shit. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I hope uh, I hope video games taco listeners appreciate. <laughs> Everything um, we're doing for them. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the next episode of Video Games Taco is just going to be your girlfriend reading in sequence all of her 400,000 hours of books and files uh, that we loaded into a truck today <laughs> that I'm driving to San Francisco tomorrow um, yeah maybe there's a tiny little bit of room for me to pack like I don't know clothes <laughs> a sandwich toiletries <laughs> no I'm not packing a sandwich I'm, I'll go to Dateland buy a sandwich I'm gonna eat a date sandwich is that on the same road? No. Not at all. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Also, guys, uh, uh, you guys are moving to San Francisco, but I'm moving to San Diego. So, uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, you know what? It's worth it for the date shake. Uh, yeah. If you guys are ever driving from Phoenix to San Diego or, or uh, vice versa, stop in Dateland, get a date shake. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. I heard that they uh, stopped having their own little independent business and somehow became just a kiosk within a Dairy Queen or something. Oh. Yeah, it's not a Dairy Queen. It's like a Quiznos or something. You, oh. go to, you go to Quiznos if you want to get the date shake. But it's still... It's you know, still independent. Yeah, it's, it's just some, I don't know, some Native American ladies making a shake out of dates. They have cactus ones, too. Mm. Like agave? I, I guess so. Whatever cactus you're going to put in a shake. I don't... I mean, there, maybe there's multiple I mean, there cacti. Could be, you could make a prickly pear, pear fruit yeah. Cac- yeah. cactus. A prickly pear fruit milkshake? Yeah. Shake. I wasn't brave enough. I just got strawberry. It was pretty good strawberry shake, You didn't even shake, get a though. date shake? I'm not into dates. They're an acquired taste. <sighs> I, I can understand why somebody wouldn't like them. It's it's very much like a, like you you drink a bunch of the milkshake and then you chew up all the bits of it that are left in your mouth. Like okay. it's, it's very, there's a lot of fiber. Residual. There's a lot of fiber in a date shake. Okay. But you know, it's a date shake. That's what sure. you go there for. I mean, you go there because you're going to Comic-Con. We're not yeah. going to Comic-Con. We're a couple weeks away from California Extreme, though. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Especially for you, because you've is, never been. Is anything happening with Comic-Con this year? No. We, we... Well, I mean, Emily Emily is uh, from... Uh, Emily, who you might know from Video Games Taco, is mm-hmm. going to be working the Emily the Strange booth uh, just as a, vol- By coincidence. As a volunteer. <laughs> yeah, we're... So does that uh, lose us our booth privileges for the future? Probably forever. forever. giving up on that? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was sad, because we... We were we kept doing it because we're like someday Word Realms will come out and we'll want to promote it. And then Word Realms came out and we're like, wait a minute, promote? 
What's that? <laughs> yeah, we got a. We even got a ten by twenty booth. Hey guys, go to wordrealms.com, please. <laughs> this is awesome. Just check it out. Just look at it. Yeah. If any of you know how to promote something, why don't you promote that for us there? <laughs> That'd be helpful. Thank you. All right, done. I heard uh, social networking is the wave of the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. You should probably make a, a <clears throat> MySpace account. Mm. Okay. Just think some kind of anti-social networking protocol. Protocol? Yeah. Or Droid? Website or whatever. You just most of your jokes are just words. Yeah, um, single words. I mean, when you boil it down, all our jokes are just words. No, but just single words. Oh, yeah. So, have you guys been doing anything? Uh, we've been packing. You drove from Chicago yeah. to Phoenix. <laughs> I spent a bunch uh, of time driving. How was that? Did you experience a lot of things that were the opposite of the things that Patrick Klepek is experiencing this <laughs> <Yes>. week? <laughs> just in reverse. Okay. Uh, it was, I mean, it's all right. It's driving is just sort of slow meditative time, right? It's just like, lost time. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, I spent a bunch of time thinking about stuff and listening to podcasts and what podcasts, uh, listen to some wait, wait, don't tell me's and some radio labs and some this American lives is mostly hmm. NPR stuff. So you're an old pretentious nerd. I don't know. Wait, wait, don't tell me it was pretty funny. It's for old people. It's, well, I mean, NPR's... Radio Lab is for nerds. Okay. This American Life <laughs> is for pretentious people. Wow. Sorry. Huh. I'm sorry to break this to you, buddy. NPR's, what, median listeners, 55 or something? Or oh, mean, man. Mean listener. That's depressing. Yeah, their listeners are mean. Uh, you know, we did, we did a crossword. We did the Sunday New York Times crossword, which is pretty great. Cool. Uh... While you were driving, uh, we had, I tried to. It was, it was one of those things where we came up with a bunch of answers. They weren't fitting in the grid, and I was like, "What if there's this weird thing going on?" And Melissa was like, "No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a thing." And then you know, we eventually we sat down after we were done driving and looked at it. And uh, it was totally that thing. Oh, there's some some weird. Oh, there was, there was some, yeah, a I've bunch been, of weird. I've been doing shit some of the yeah, New York Times crosswords on on my phone. And, yeah, and I've been thinking uh, about it because because Chris Remo has been talking about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I downloaded it and I did the first week's worth, and I was like, you know, that's pretty good. I'm going to give them seventeen dollars so that I can never yeah. use it again. <laughs> um, no, but so there was there was just like there was a thing last week where or two weeks ago where one of the cells on like the Wednesday puzzle was just a number. Like so, they they fuck with the formula. Yeah. Like that's it's it keeps it fresh. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised at how like novel the things that I was encountering were. You know, I mean, I haven't done a ton of crossword puzzles, but like right. how mm -hmm. interesting it actually was as an exercise. Like, yeah, New York Times crossword puzzle is pretty good. I used to I used to do them daily, and that was that was pretty fun. There's a uh, iPad app called Pazaz. That is a sort of a puzzle book library sort of thing, and they recently got the uh, got the license for New York Times crosswords. Their interface is really nice. Can you also? Uh, is it also a, a pinball machine emulator? No. You can do crossword puzzles that you enter the letters by using pinball flippers oh. to hit targets. Ah, oh, that'd be extra hard. Huh. <laughs> it's like it's like typing tutor, but with only two buttons. <laughs> <clears throat> dive and kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, trip was all right, though. 
Yeah. We had no mechanical problems or anything. That you know of. True. Uh, it's always fun driving with a cat. Cause no, the cat that sounds like it's not fun at all. Well, it's it's always a challenge driving with a cat. That cat is big and his whiskers were all dusty. Yeah, well, that's because he was rubbing his face over all of your possessions. My possessions are very dusty. Yeah, they are. The ones that I didn't recently move into a truck. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah there was like one. So he does not like to drink while we're in the car, like drink water and on our long day is it because of uh, his experience is watching jurassic park yeah and so he knows that whenever there's a dish of water water in a car that everybody's about to be eaten by a (laughs) t-rex uh he so there was like one at the very end of our longest day he like made these horrible like coughing sounds like he was just dying of thirst and so we were kind of nervous about him but uh he's fine what if if you stop the car will he drink uh, not really, no. Because if you could just stop at a gas station and have him drink some of we, the gas. Every, every <laughs> yeah, there's that. Every time we would stop, we would put out a little dish of water and he just wouldn't, he was not interested. It was sad. It's possible that he does not understand how important hydration is. <laughs> hmm. Did you try just like dipping your hand in a glass of Mountain Dew and then letting him lick Mountain Dew off your hands? I did not. No. Did you try holding his mouth open and pouring some in? No. I think that would probably result in... That would probably not work A lot of problems. (laughs) Did you try propping his eyes open, a clockwork orange style, and forcing him to watch watch. film strips of Niagara Falls? (laughs) No. I did not do that either. Man, that would be great if... If your if your version of a, you know your aversion therapy was making people watch waterfalls while they had to pee real bad and not letting them pee, and then after like a few weeks of that, just say, "Yep, you're cured," and let him go. Cured of what? I know that's what they're gonna wonder. That's the secret. And now you have a cat that throws up every time you play Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, like that because he doesn't like Saint Bernards. Yeah. We, uh, we drove through Oklahoma and got to see just a shit ton of tornado damage. It was, I huh. was kind of amazed. Tons of buildings that were just, just ripped to pieces. Was there bad tornadoes recently? I hadn't yeah, heard anything there was, about Yeah, there were that. a bunch of really bad tornadoes in oh. Oklahoma. Um, there were like billboards that were just these mangled wrecks, like sort of piles of, of metal. Were they ironic uh, billboards for tornado there, there was there was there were no there was no signage left on them it was just the frame uh, there were tons and tons and tons of like piles of tree parts everywhere tree uh, parts yeah well because they were just like they had they just blew these trees apart like there, there was yeah i just i don't know the parts as like, though a tree was something that was assembled well because it's not just the branches i mean there were like root structures and okay. and the, the trunks of trees and stuff like it was it was it was nuts there was just a lot of damage and this was just from the like I forty. Like, who knows where the like the hardest hit areas were, what it looked like. Um, no damage to the actual road. Not that we saw. Not on I forty, at least. Anything that, yeah, it seemed fine. Not really knowing anything about material science, it's hard for me to imagine. Like, it seems like the kind of force that could throw a car into the air would damage asphalt. But I, I guess not. Those things are, I mean, the road is well attached to the ground, right? Sure. Um, it's it's things that are not so well attached to the ground that have problems. Like dudes. Like mm-hmm. kids. Sure. Yeah. Trailers. Witches. Uh, they're not attached to the ground at all. They're flying on brooms. Right. Why does your girlfriend own a witch's broom? I don't know. 
I don't know. Hmm. There, there are a lot of objects that she has decided. She to, had a to witch's broom and a m- map of the earth. Do you think that? She, do you think that your girlfriend is secretly Santa Claus? Uh, it's possible, but then why? Does she have a beard? So did just nobody get any presents this past year when that was shit was in storage? Oh wait, we came back. We came back to Phoenix, didn't we? Interesting. Mm. Yeah. For okay. several years, I have not gotten any Christmas presents without your girlfriend there. <laughs> Interesting. So maybe that's why she. Ne- maybe that's why she makes us carry all those files everywhere that she goes. Is because those it's are the, the lists list. of who's oh. naughty and nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. I think we're making some real progress we're cra- we're here. Cracking some nuts. All right. So let's let's devolve into asinine bro pursuits. Anybody played any video games recently? All the video games I played were stuff that we've already talked about, like Animal Crossing and Sherlock Holmes. Nothing new? Nope. Not a thing. Yeah, I played a little bit of, I played the, uh, I played all the tutorials in uh, the new iPad Magic the Gathering 2014. How's it seem so far? That just came out today. No, uh, it came out it on came iOS out a couple days the ago. Other day, oh. yeah. Why didn't they have simultaneous release? Don't. What? WTF? What are you, Anthony Kiedis? I don't even, I don't even know. You don't even know what I'm talking about when no, I say that. Yeah. I don't. There is a, I think in maybe the song Danny California, he says simultaneous release. Okay. I think he's talking about a fucking. Right. A sock. <laughs> Every, everything for you is about uh, something involving a penis. Or a sock. Everything for me is about something involving a penis. Is that, yeah. that's, that's, you figured it out? That's. Yeah. That's how it works. That's the big twist. Yep. At the end of my story. Yep. Also, is this the end of my it story? It was a penis all along. Yeah. It was a penis. <laughs> Everything all along. was about a penis or a sock. Yep. Um, I mean, the sock is immaterial. <laughs> well, pretty <laughs> shitty sock. If so, <laughs> what? Uh, in what way? Yep. Kevin is everything to me about a penis. Well, anytime there's a metaphor, you're assuming that it relates to a penis. Anytime there's sure. So anytime, an, anytime Porcupine writes a twine game, I assume it's about cutting off a penis. That, right. That's what that's what you're referencing. Well, sure. Yes. Okay. All right. At how every time uh, every time I walk into the office, say, "Hey guys, have you seen the new dick?" <laughs> right. And then I correct myself to whatever it is that I was talking about, which was also a dick. Yes, it's a perpetual Freudian slip. Yeah. Yeah. You do smoke some cigars. Uh, Kevin, they are just cigars sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <clears throat> uh, what have you been playing? Uh, Oblivion. Yeah? Yeah. I just. So I found the. I discovered the Point Lookout of Oblivion. What is that? Uh, well, Point Lookout was the DLC for Fallout 3 that's like its own little mini map with just a whole extra set of quests wow. and stuff. So it's basically like the people. I'm assuming that it's the same people, but. Basically, you took this engine and you just made a little mini game with a bunch of stuff in it, and uh, yeah, that's what the Shivering Isles are. Except it's the the realm of the Daedric Prince of Madness. Okay, Shiogarth. I enjoyed his quest. In, depending uh, on who Skyrim. is saying it, I, I think that this was true in Skyrim, but it's especially true in Oblivion, where there are. They have recorded, like, every voice actor saying the same rumors, so whenever a character says, you ask for rumors, they will just say one of a bunch of things. And then they are also, like, people will just wander around, NPCs will wander around, and they will have conversations with each other, where one of them will say (laughs) one of the rumors that they would say to you, and then one of them will say... 
pick one from a list of ten ways of saying, really? And then the first one will say, pick one from one of ten ways of saying, yeah. And it is often like, <laughs> like, it's the kind of thing where if we had decided that something was going to be structured like that, we would have looked at most of the combinations that it produced and thought, yep, that is not acceptable. <laughs> that is not going to work. And we should not put those words in the same uh, in the same sequence. But, I mean, it's not really important, right? Like, the hearing random conversations between... Because they're never... Like, everybody has the same rumors. And every once in a while, especially in the in the Shivering Isles stuff, it's like somebody's whole shtick as, a, as, a, as, as an NPC is, I'm fucking crazy. Everything I say is total crazy talk. And then if you ask rumors, it's just like, I've heard that Joe doesn't like Frank. And it's like a completely different person with the same voice actor <laughs> saying Weird. that Joe doesn't like Frank. It's like, okay, why? Did, why did like, you even allow the rumors? Yeah, why is that even an option? option? And I mean, I guess it like there are quest pointers in there. Right. You know, if they mention people, it is usually because you could go talk to one of those people and they will have a quest where one of them wants you to kill the other or whatever. Do you not feel like it makes the game more worldy for? people to be having conversations around you and, and that kind of thing? It does, but I don't know that it makes it more worldy for them to be randomly generated. Like, yeah. I, Or to I, be I, so samey. I, I thought it was really weird that in Skyrim, they in Skyrim they did it too, that a lot, that there were, you know, however many different character voice actors, but they gave them all the, yeah, exact, the exact same, same lines. lines. And, I mean, I mean, why would you not take the opportunity to have this uh, this one actor say axe instead of sword, you know? Yeah. And, and make those lines. They don't even have to be very different. Yeah, it's just... just it, each it, person would have a different way of yeah, saying I, something. Like, I think, I think that having having it work the way that it does takes me out of it more than if it didn't happen at all, right? Because it would... Like, I don't walk into an inn in an, in a first-person RPG and think, why the fuck are these people not talking to each other? Right. You know? Whereas when I walk in and they're talking to each other and I can see the cracks in it, I think, ugh. No. Why are, why are these people talking <laughs> to each other? You know? It's, right. It's neat, though. The Shivering Isles stuff is pretty cool. Is it all just sort of you be, you become crazy kind of thing and No, you you are uh you're becoming the sort of like mortal instrument of the of the god of madness who is pronounced in a variety of different ways depending on which voice actor is saying his <laughs> name. That's really frustrating. Yeah, I mean it was sort of the the That's Knights actually of the that's Republic actually potentially prop, like, the Bastila 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 B-style. <laughs> That's potentially accurate, though, right? Right, like people have different pronunciations for yeah. Places. I, guess. I mean, yeah. so they made so they made a point of it in New Vegas, right? Where it's like the people who were the people who were in Caesar's Legion pronounced right. it Caesar, like the way that you would have in ancient Rome. Right. Presumably, yeah. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. Right, and and then the, just the the rank and file dudes in the whatever called them Caesar, but. Yeah, sure, sure. I guess that is extra immersive. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. Is there interesting, like, hallucination stuff? Is I think there eventually will be. Okay. I've uh, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of content in it. I haven't. I've just mostly been like, I've been trying in this place. Like, I made a new guy in Oblivion because I didn't like the way that my mage guy was leveling up. So I made a guy. I'm, huh. Like, and this is, I think this is biting me in the ass. I made a guy who is a mage 
who uses the spells that I like, but also is just sword and shield guy. Cause I'm always, you know, right. I just want to be sword and shield guy. And, uh, but I made it so he levels up on athletics and acrobatics, which means just running and jumping okay. level you up. And so I think I've kind of fucked myself because I'm leveling up faster than my combat prowess. Are you just well, running around and jumping all the time? Well, I mean, that's what you do. Okay. It's a video game. Have you never played a video <laughs> game? Because that's how it works. You could just hit the walk button. Uh-huh. What? I So I wonder if you don't <laughs> level up athletics if you're riding a horse. Because that would suck. I feel like in Skyrim, they discouraged you from using horses by making the horses <laughs> slower, slower than walking. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't seem to be the case in Oblivion. It's harder to turn around and shit, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even know. So do you you just decide which skills are gonna level you up? You can. You can make a custom class and you can just pick what your seven skills are that make it so you level up. Huh. Yeah, and I've just I've just I've gotten to the point where all of the fights are really hard and I think it's just because I've leveled up past my ability to actually deal damage. It would be interesting to talk to the guys that designed Why did you choose those particular skills? Because uh, I wanted to level up fast. Because I wanted to get to the more interesting loot. Oh, yeah, interesting. So I'm 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 hoist by my own petard. Right. I've been I've I've pulled the pin out of my grenade and then thrown the pin instead of the grenade at my enemy. Um, yeah, if you jump a lot, you can jump higher. That's pretty cool. Does that just happen exponentially? Yeah, yeah. I know. Eventually, you just <laughs> jump to the moon, and that's the expansion more content. Pack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. I man, nothing, nothing else. I we've been we've been busy. We've been getting ready for this. Yeah, getting ready for this move, and working, and all that stuff. Yeah, I've also basically played nothing new. This is going to be a short and boring show. Badland and we can, letterpress. We can do a bunch of reader mails. Yeah, I don't know about a bunch, we but sure. Some. Yeah, we can do a bunch. Wow, this. Yeah, no, seriously. All right, you're done. Yeah. What's in, what's fuck? What's in the news, Kevin? This is like forty-five <clears throat> minutes too early for the news. Uh, horses, mostly. Oh yeah, there's a Minecraft. Yeah, the Minecraft one point six update is uh, launching on Monday. Yep, and it's gonna have horses and pre-releases already. Out, horse armor and horses and saddles and bridles and, and bits and, and tying them to All fences. Right, that was it when I when I ran oblivion the game of the year or whatever ultimate edition of oblivion i horse got armor. a letter about some free horse armor if i take my horse to a place mm. and i was like oh it also has um you can take clay and instead of turning it into bricks you can just do a single whole baked clay block which can be dyed into the various colors wow dyed clay and uh, so now you can finally build things that are colored without feeling like you're violating the rules of reality that don't let you make floors exactly of out of out of wool, wool. and speaking of speaking of which easier uh you still have to find wow yeah. that's a relatively limited resource make, yeah it makes i mean it more i think valuable. when when we first started playing minecraft it was when there was a bug that made clay a lot rarer than it is now but even yeah. in the well okay i haven't played in like a year and a half but but even in sort of the more modern iteration it was you could go and gather it, but it was in these pockets that were, they're only on the surface. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not deep. Basically yeah, but ever. you could go to a swamp or a river biome and find a ton of clay. Sure. Right. Like they've also added uh, carpets. 
So similar to how a painting is a thin thing oh. that sits on a wall, they now have you can make rugs that are thin and sit on your floor, so you don't have to spend an entire block layer of wool to make a carpet. to make a carpet looking floor. Huh. And and therefore you don't have to have the floor be two blocks thick in order to not have the room below have a carpeted carpet ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. So that's cool. Interesting. Are the carpets the same sort of thing where it's just sort of this uh, preset sizes or does it fill the whole room? Uh, I think you get um, you get like uh, you convert wool blocks into carpet squares of that color. Okay. And can, can you make put them a, down as you as a carpet you please? With a fringe where you can then play a little mini game where you go along and you straighten out the fringe <laughs> on the carpet. Oh man! <laughs> uh, it never stays thankfully, that way. No, <laughs> no, I know, which is why when tomorrow or the next day or the next day when we are charged with buying a bunch of fucking rugs for our fucking hardwood floor department because nobody believes in fucking carpet anymore, we're not getting any with fringe, or I will have to burn down the apartment before the <laughs> lease is up which means we have to pay the rest of the lease so did you did you just go nuts at the fringe festival in edinburgh when you went <clears throat> just straighten everybody did, out so is this is this a joke about how the word fringe uh, means multiple things no it's always the same thing it's just fringe mm, okay. on the on the edges right and needs to be straightened out yeah sorry i realize i'm i'm no butting <laughs> uh, but no, Kevin, I didn't go to the Fringe Festival in what? Edinburgh. Fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? So there's the, the horse update. Um, the Australian Classification Board has uh, refused to classify Saints Row 4 and uh, State of Decay because yep. of various drug and sexual violence issues. Um, it seems like it's really hard to make a game with mature themes and get it to be sold in australia extremely immature themes is probably it well okay well, I, don't so know state of, I don't know the state of decay yeah, I, I don't really know anything state. about state yeah, of decay I mean, it, the, I, the quote i read said something about drug use being required in order to win huh hmm. i did not i did not so know i you know i don't know what that i i do they play through the whole game it's before they rate it like that's amazing i don't know they probably just read places on the internet where people post when they get offended by things <laughs> they just watch let's plays saints row 4 just ran afoul of the no skrillex rule <laughs> australia won't allow any skrillex in, into its borders um the armacrog starter which is going to end in a couple hours uh just passed its uh, funding threshold cool so well, it's good i hope all the people that uh supported that kickstarter enjoy being homophobes <laughs> <laughs> that was I read a frustrating essay about that. Yeah. Um, about that specifically or yeah, that yeah, general? Yes, specifically topic? about that. No, okay. it was specifically about the Armacrog, which was basically like, all right, so the guy who is making Armacrog uh, has has gone on record as saying that he's against gay marriage. Therefore, if you support this Kickstarter, you are a homophobe. Yeah. And then somebody said, I resent being called a homophobe. Because I support a Kickstarter for a game that I think is really cool. And the author of the article replied, resent it all you want, it's still true. Wow. So, also, arguing against that point makes you a homophobe. <laughs> we we talk about this a lot, right? They're just the separating art yeah. from artists. And I mean, I like, 
it is totally fine if you want to say I am not going to support this because I don't agree with the politics of the guy that made it. But to suggest that everyone who ever spends any money on anything is responsible for exhaustively researching the politics of every person that will benefit from that money that they spend or else they are consigned to agreeing with those politics like i mean that's that's just fucking crazy most people who feel that way are probably not unfettered capitalists but i'm betting they've bought things that were sold by unfettered capitalists right (laughs) like that's how that's how markets work um you know it's all it's all well and it's all well and good to not buy an orson scott card book because you don't like orson scott card's views on homosexuality because i don't like them well but i mean but to say that to say that no one else is allowed to or they are as bad as he is is just the farmer that grew some corn or the rancher that you know raised some cows that you then yeah like you don't find out what their political views are before you buy their wares it seems it seems like a ridiculous stricture to to stick yourself with right like everybody's mad at everybody on the internet all the time maybe everybody should just stop reading maybe it's different for entertainment things like things that are totally not necessary people hold them to a higher standard or something yeah i mean things are rewarded at a state that's probably not commensurate with effort sure when when it's uh, things like that you know and 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 so yeah sure but yeah i don't know man why doesn't coffee cost a hundred dollars a glass yeah why doesn't coffee cost a hundred dollars a glass like why is gas cheaper than milk probably is not it? anymore yeah it's probably not anymore i haven't bought milk in a long time because fucking why would you eat milk if you weren't a baby also drink <laughs> also my car doesn't run on milk also drink and eat are different <laughs> words i forgot about that um, well in kk K- well beverages are foods that's true i didn't support the armor crowd kickstarter did you i did not yeah because i don't want to yeah. be a homophobe i did but mainly because uh mike nelson is mostly one of the voices mostly because you hate gays I know this about you. Of the three of us, you're the one that most spouts the most controversial political opinions. You yeah. bigot. <laughs> it was not a game that I was necessarily sure that I would no, be into I mean, either. I didn't. I'm not at all familiar with the Neverhood, and I don't. Yeah. Like I don't have any mm-hmm. particularly fond memories of Earthworm, Earthworm Jim. So I'm no, just like, me eh, neither. Whatever. But I like claymation. Sure. I like claymation. Yeah. And I like point and click games. I think. I think I would probably back a Wallace and Gromit Kickstarter if they, for some reason, needed to crowdsource something. I went to a party where uh, there were a bunch of people sitting around uh, all totally in agreement that big companies shouldn't do Kickstarters because that's not what Kickstarter's for. <sighs> and I and I started, I started engaging in that argument by saying, like, well, I mean, can you can you point to any tangible way in which Zach Braff doing a Kickstarter harms anyone? And they couldn't, but yeah, but it's not, it's not a rational objection. Right. And then this is like, I mean, Kickstarter would point to the whole, you know, a rising tide raises all the boats or whatever. Sure. 
Um, I mean, Kickstarter is also the one who gets to decide what Kickstarter is for, right? They're still <laughs> manually approving all of the projects. Yeah. And well, to say yeah. that that's not what it's for is to say it is not for what I think it should be for. They apologized for letting that uh, sort of date women yeah. strategy yeah, guide PUA thing, thing get yeah. through. I was the the last thing that anybody needs is for me to talk about that book, but I felt a little like <sighs> Kickstarter's apologizing for that. Like apparently they removed the project, so he no longer has the ability to send out updates to his backers or get a like he did that guy did an that guy did an AMA on Reddit and he was like Hey, sorry, everybody that backed the Kickstarter, but I'm having to do everything by hand because all they did was like give me a CSV of the data right. from it, and I just because they canceled the project, like they took all your money and gave it to me, but now I don't have any way of actually telling you that the product is done huh. or whatever. Like it doesn't really seem like they accomplished anything by issuing that statement, other than like. Issuing a statement and, like, sort of patting everybody on the head who was upset about it in a way that, like, well, you know, we still got the money, and the book is still going to exist, but we've just said, like, oh, okay, we see that you're upset by this, so sorry, we won't do anything that upsets you ever again. It seemed like they would have canceled it before it funded if they had discovered the problem sooner i don't think that that i mean that was, I was their a, claim i was and, aware of the problem that everybody else was aware of before the before the campaign ended I it mean, was pretty close to the end though yeah uh, like i can understand the not wanting to facilitate things that advocate violence or whatever but i also don't know how severe I, I mean again i don't know the details of this thing so well but like the idea that like phys like physically manhandling somebody because in many cases it makes them more likely to be attracted to you like is that an invalid thing to say especially if it bears out in reality like that's what i don't that's what i don't quite understand right like <clears throat> well the argument is that this is a thing that encouraged crime right is it, is it i mean that, like, yeah, well, i don't know. i mean that's yeah, well sure For, from the, from the detractors point of view this is a book about how to rape people huh. right and I, I, this is a really stupid idea to talk about this on the podcast but because whatever content wise like in my mind, the important thing is you can't say that censorship is only bad if you're censoring things that you disagree with, right? I guess the argument about whether the book actually encourages crime, like, if you were going to, would it be morally reprehensible to do a Kickstarter for a revised edition of The Anarchist? That's exactly what I was thinking of. Right. And I kind of think, well, it's up to Kickstarter and... I respect them more for letting things that they disagree with use their platform than I do them picking and choosing from an ethical point of view what they're going to allow through because it's like does does the would an author of you know anarchist kickbook 2.0 have any would it have any supporters the way that like 
you know, somebody who wanted to make, you know, gay pride flags and got rejected because the Kickstarter didn't like gay people or something like that. Like, like I feel like they right. would. No, and I mean, the thing is, the detractors of this would argue that that is 100% different because saying you can't use this service if you're gay is obviously wrong and saying you can't use this service if you're an asshole is obviously okay. And what if, you know, you can't use this service if you're interested in blowing stuff up? Because, I mean, a lot of people are interested in blowing stuff up sure. recreationally. Yeah, I mean, you know, the same argument happened about Saints Row 4 where everybody was like, why is murdering everybody okay, but there's a thing that is, you know, maybe the joke is that it goes up somebody's ass and that makes it morally reprehensible. Hmm. And it's like, that's an argument that no one is going to win. <laughs> like, just, yeah, having, we are just very... having the argument is losing the argument. Like... The fact that we just are so blasé about just just terrible, terrible levels of violence in video games and then things that rep- represent sexuality in, in almost any way are just totally taboo is is really strange. I mean, that's, that's a, I think, a relatively uniquely American sort of point of view in a lot of cases, right? Like other other sort of modern societies are much more okay with sexuality and a much less... Yeah, let us just be the first person to ever make this particular observation. No, <laughs> I'm not... I mean, sure, it's it's common, but, like... We, in my... Uh, I, took a, I took a German class in college, and we had to have the teacher explain this comic to us, not because we didn't understand... The German? What the words... Yeah, but a kid was in trouble for watching television late at night and what was on the television was like a, a like a scope crosshairs because the kid was in trouble for watching a sneaking violent. out into the living room after his parents had gone to sleep and watching violence on TV and it was like wait what why is he in trouble was, right was, was, he was, was, he, was he jerking off to it was <laughs> like what yeah and it was yeah. oh haha, Europe and America are different but, um <laughs> Also, all they eat is Nutella all the time. In in my mind, the way that Kickstarter handled this was neither shitting nor getting off the pot, right? Like it was just a sort of a like, oh, uh, whoops! I guess we're gonna we're gonna try to placate people by not actually doing anything. They and, donated twenty five thousand dollars to charity or something. Yeah, you know, so did Mike Krahulik. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, modern social dynamics are it's uh rough. Yeah, tricky. Uh, tricky waters to navigate. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess not really. I mean, it's only because we're assholes that we think they're tricky. It would be obvious to us if we were progressive and really understood what the right thing to do was. So that we should never ever shop at Chipotle again. <laughs> Steam, uh, their their trading card adventurito thing. We were excited today. We went to Chipotle, and there's starting on July 13th, you can go to adventurito.com, and there's some sort of a treasure hunt, uh, the prize for which is 20 years worth of free burritos from Chipotle. Yeah. But you have to eat them all at once. It's only one burrito a week. Yeah, I feel like only one burrito. If If I won 20 years worth of free burritos and then was told that I'm limited to one per week, I think that would be disappointing. I don't think I'd be disappointed at all. Huh. Do you also think that if somebody, uh, somebody say Notch, gave you a horse, do you think the first thing that you would do would be to look it in the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, you'd want to breed the horse with the prettiest teeth. <clears throat> you think? Shiniest. Yeah. Best best grass chewing capability. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Steam trading card game uh, coming out of beta today. Is it a trading card game or just trading cards that you collect? I have no idea. Everything that I've heard about it leads me to believe that it's a thing that I could not give less of a fuck about. Is it just collecting them? I think it is. I think, I think so, it's. Yeah. I think it's a sort of a like broader achievement metagame. Yeah, I think if you collect sets of them, you can trade them in for form badges, which make your Steam level go up, which does huh. nothing <laughs> except be a number that can go up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have like no a, personal I mean, interest in this at all. So Congregate had that metagame where you get achievements, you level up. For a long time, you were unlocking cards for, you know, David Serlin's card game that was going to come out. And for, you know, for the period of time in which that card game didn't, didn't exist, it was like, hey, this card game is probably going to be real good. And then once it came out, it was like, oh, this is a thing that I don't really enjoy. That's probably not true for everybody, but it was certainly true for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, really? This is what I've been collecting? Oh, well, I guess I don't care about that anymore. And now I don't care what level I am on Congregate. You were so worried that you would chase those achievements. Oh, yeah. that you would that you would. I just didn't make a Congregate account. Yeah. Yep. And you don't derive any of the benefits that I have from having a Congregate account, such as. Um... <laughs> Do they email you sometimes? No. Okay. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tolerate that. Do you get to skip ads sometimes? No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah. Hmm. Um. <laughs> oh, one time they did some. Uh, they sent somebody to my house to give me a hand job. Okay. <laughs> okay. That was nice. That was sweet. Yeah. Okay. Hey, congratulations on hitting level seventeen. <laughs> it's like seventeen seems like a really weird. Uh, it's the ra- really most random number threshold. Yeah. Is seventeen <laughs> the most random number? Yes. Like kumquat is the most random fruit. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yes. This, this is a terrible show. Yeah? You think so? I don't know why we even bother. (laughs) We could just stop right now. The assignment, um, (laughs) Hotline Miami, I didn't play it. You did too. I played like a half an hour, but I hated it, and I uh, just don't even want to talk about it because uh, every because I I understand that because everything you know that, that I'm going to make is, fun of you the same yeah. way you made fun of me about Ducktales. Mm-hmm. Everything that I say about it is probably everything that I believe about this game is probably provably wrong, except for <laughs> things like I again this is a game that I am so, like it is lauded for its art style, and I could not be more fucking grossed out by the art style it is. of this game. I mean, it's designed to be disconcerting and yeah, unnerving, yeah. but it does that by being ugly, and so I don't... The the menu, when I first started the game, kind of made me motion sick. Just everything is sort of moving around, and mm-hmm. it was like, really? Yeah. I just, I don't even... It's hard for me to choose an option because it's everything is just kind of like waving around in a kind of a gross way, and the color palette is really... I mean, all those brazen. things are true. Uh, and I thought they combined into something pretty awesome. Uh-uh. Part of it is, I mean, I know that I'm even earlier in this episode. I'm like, no, hey, you have to separate art from artist. But right. that guy was such a fucking prick that I, well, I couldn't give this game the benefit if you of the get, doubt going If in. you get to the very end of the game, you can kill him with a meat cleaver. Oh, okay. 
I don't know that I'm going to do that. I found I found myself getting really frustrated with it because it, as much as you say that it's got the like sort of N plus or super meat boy thing where you instantly respawn after a mm-hmm. failure so it's not wasting your time, like the number of there were two levels that I beat my head against, you know, 20, probably realistically 20. It took me 20 tries to beat it. One of them was, seemed just random. Every time I walked into this building, I either had one second or 10 seconds before a guy with a gun walked around an off-screen corner and shot me. Hmm. And the first guy that I killed dropped a weapon at At random. random. So sometimes it was a gun and sometimes it was nothing and sometimes it was a knife. And so there was no way for me to like... Sometimes you would be seen by somebody around a corner and sometimes you wouldn't. Sometimes you would knock them back and they would die so you wouldn't have to jump on them, but sometimes you would. Like there's a tremendous amount of randomness built in. So it's not a super... I mean, it's react... You need to have sort of reactive strategy to it, but it's hard to... It's not consistent. So you have to do a bunch of things on the fly. You know, I could see getting good at... I I never was able to fully internalize the controls. Like, (laughs) I... I kept throwing guns instead of firing them. Yeah, and just... Which would still kill dudes sometimes. Yeah, which is which is useful because it's silent compared to shooting them. But But I think, for me, it is hard to... Like, because I am a simpleton, it is hard for me to keep track of too many things at a time. And the fact that you need to be paying attention to where you are, where the enemies are, and where the cursor is, is yeah. one too many things. <clears throat> and I just couldn't, I couldn't, do, like, every, like, if a guy went from in front of me to behind me, I was dead. Like, there was just, I because I could not the, possibly um, react to that fast enough. Did you, the, the, there's a thing that I'm not even sure if it's tutorialized. I think, I think it gets mentioned once, but where you can lock on to yeah, it, yeah. Where you can lock on to it, yeah. Dude. If you like it wasn't until middle, about half, yeah. yeah it it wasn't until about halfway through the game that I realized how valuable that really is. It, the The first time I played through Hotline Miami, the I guess second boss, depending on how you count them, the guy in the phone company. Um, I I had to I I don't even know how many times I had to restart because of getting killed by that dude but this time through I got him on my second try because it occurred to me to lock onto him and it just made it so much easier do you consider the first boss the like Hollywood guy with the with the, the, the bulletproof, vest? bulletproof vest yeah like every time I came on the level there was just a random assortment of weapons on the ground and it just sort of it was just until I got a katana that I was like okay well now I can kill him I I I never really found much difference between the melee weapons melee weapons I I guess both wrong <laughs> really <laughs> melee 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 milady milady that's what I'm saying for now though um, I mean I guess does the katana have maybe a little more range it just I mean in my experience it was just always killing dudes whereas like the knife would not necessarily the knife definitely does not have as much range as the other ones although if you throw the knife and it hits a guy it's a kill but then you can't get it back is there any easy way to distinguish between when guys are dead and not dead their heads are full of blood usually or exploded or something or off there's a blood there's a blood pool 
like I like all of the sprite art, but it is presented in a way that just constantly looks like a mess. Yeah. Like it just like the idea of the idea of scaling up pixels to be a perfect square and then just like fucking rotating them so that there is just always tearing like graphical tearing is just a feature of the aesthetic of this game as so fucking gross. It's like it does look like it's being scaled incorrectly all the time or something. It looked psychotic. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, it just it just it just looked like you're for whatever reason like oh let's just project this Super Nintendo game onto a Mode Seven surface for no reason and then just like you know just wobble it around just to fuck with you. I thought it was kind of funny that there were collectible hats, mm-hmm. right? Like this this ultra violent game with a, you know a bunch of collectible sort of unlockable weapons also has this just collectible hat mechanic. The collectible freakish rubber animal masks. Right. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, they're not they're not collectible hats in the in the collectible uh, yeah. hats sense, be, sense they're, right? Because they're, they're definitely power Fuck, I just said sense instead of sense. You're rubbing off on me. <laughs> I whatever. <laughs> um yeah, some of them are really powerful. Yeah, they're all they're all functional, well, right? Yeah. Can you only see the hidden pixels if you're wearing the owl mask? No, you can see them, but the the owl mask makes them glow and it makes them much Float. easier to spot. Okay. Yeah. That was the only one I ever used because I was like, oh, if sees hidden stuff. That's yeah. No, I figured I figured that would be your your mask MO's of choice in there. Yeah. I moc. So so the the one there was a level that was frustrating because of the just randomness in starting conditions. I, yeah, I definitely then, know what you're talking I, about. There. I I did not it, because we we had talked about this before I started replaying it for for the show, and and so I I made an effort to to look for it, and it was not my experience that I mean there are some guys that could be either Emily a milady or a gun guy, but I would say I think you nine, Gunga Dan. <laughs> nine guys out of 10 nine are guys. definitely either a milady guy or a gun guy. Gunga Dan. Well, okay. So I, I know exactly the level that Zach's talking about. It's you, you go into the room and I don't even know. I don't, does do they always drop the weapon that they're holding? Is that what is that how it works? Or do like when you knock a guy down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So the first guy just had a random weapon then, hmm. um, and then there was a. Sometimes w- it was no weapon at all. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Right. There it's was, like I mean, it's one of the first guy, levels. Like there's a guy. It's you open soon, a door yeah. and knock mm-hmm. a guy out, and then to to your left, there's a guy Behind seated. Some, yeah, like with an open door and some glass windows that he can see you through and shoot yeah. through. And then there's a guy up to the north of you, off screen, who sometimes just super, kills you as soon as you walk super, into the fucking room. Super like, random patrol. And, like, uh, it just seemed like it seemed like a trial and error thing where errors didn't teach you anything. Yeah, I mean, I just kept doing that over and over again until I got a favorable first two or three kills. And then I was able to sort of make, make more yeah. through the rest of the level. And then later on, I mean, the, where I finally gave up was where there was one where there was just a bunch of dudes in individually isolated rooms, oper- like walking on patrol routes. Mm-hmm. And what seemed to be the right thing to do was just like fucking wait until every single one of them is walking past a door and then knock them out and then go in and kill them and then just do it real, real slowly. Except that like, 
the thing that made Super Meat Boy good is that you never had to go through levels real fucking slow and plodding. You know, it's like hmm. it's like here's a stealth game. Here's a stealth game where you can't quick save. So I did not bother playing through stealthy at all. I would just go in and whatever the easiest, fastest way to kill a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. was was the way that I did it, and it made it much more enjoyable. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there was one place where I was I just I grabbed a gun, shot it. Everybody heard and came running, and then I just and shot just them, shoot all them all as they come, they come the around door. the corner. Yeah, and I, I, like, I did I a like, lot of that done. too. I kind of i I mix it up. I i I definitely like if I see that there's a guy that patrols near a door, then I will usually take the opportunity to but, wait until to wait until he gets there. Well, especially and, if there's two guys in a room, yeah, where you need to knock somebody down and then run quick, kill the other exactly. guy. Exactly. There, there is a man. There is a level that I did so many times because. Uh, because the puzzle piece was in the worst place of any level in the game. It's the level where when there's like two guys left in the level, the cops storm the building. Wow. And the puzzle piece is right next to the door that the cops come in. So not only so so unlike most levels, the order in which you kill guys Becomes is important. important. Uh, and it took me a long time to figure out the right route. But yeah, coming into the room, it was like right as right as the level starts there's a guy nearly at the door so you wait like a fraction of a second for that guy to get the door you knock him out kill the two guys that are in the room go back and kill the guy you knocked out and then there's a long hallway with lined with glass windows and a guy with a gun down at the other end of it so you have to run down the hallway in just the right way that the that the guys patrolling in that room don't see you through the windows and throw your lead pipe at the guy at the far end, at the far end. But you have to start throwing, or at least the way I got into doing it was starting throwing before he was actually on the screen. Yeah. I killed some people off screen and then having to like having to lock on to a guy on the other side of that glass room and kill him through two sets of windows so oh, that nice. I could go through that room and I mean the shift the ability to sort of look ahead with shift helps yeah, a lot yeah but that's more plotting I mean that's it slows down gameplay but uh, yeah I mean eventually I just that and you know I'm not going to go into great detail about the various levels that I'm thinking of but the just Eventually, I just got into a rhythm of it. It was like, all right, I'll try going up instead of down this time and see if that works any better. And, and you do it and you do it and you do it and you do it. And any any given iteration only takes a few seconds because any given level takes at most like two minutes to beat when you beat it. So it, I, I, I didn't find it tiring. And the music fucking rocks. Yeah, so. I enjoyed, uh, like, Kevin played it. My, in my room while I was packing stuff and I was really enjoying listening to the music yeah. while he was and he also played it for twice as long as I did I I was I meant to give it I, I hate this man because I'm, I'm the guy that always hassles you about not, mm-hmm. not giving stuff a chance <laughs> and now, now I'm just I, a, I think I will a, go back to, to it and play yeah. it some more this it, was a bad week for a challenging game yeah. right and I don't know you know I had this conversation with people in the Something Awful forums like People were hassling Justin McElroy for saying that Hotline Miami was hard to control. And they were like, what the fuck, baby? Have you never played a game before? But it is super fucking hard to control. Moving around is easy and, like, clicking to attack is easy. But yeah. aiming at guys aiming is, is hard. hard. It, it takes a while to get used to. And and it doesn't give you a while is the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, it's, it, th- and you don't, 
you don't lose anything for experimentation, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's super aggravating if you don't get the hang of the controls right away, because it is not like, right. it is basically unlike every other game, and that's why people are playing it, right? Well, like, there's not, there are other games I that mean, you it's like, isn't, wouldn't you say it's like playing uh, Binding of Isaac with mouse and keyboard? Or? No, not, no. Well, well maybe trying to play keyboard. with mouse and keyboard, which I would never, ever fucking yeah, do, okay. because that's crazy town. I mean that's that's the thing. It needs it. It should have. It should just have directional firing and directional moving. Except I don't think it would work if it if it did right. Like I mean because you wouldn't because you wouldn't be able to shoot at a guy if he was at your two o'clock. You know which I which trickier. I feel like it would just it would be a very different game if it worked like that. I don't and I you know I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to say like oh you should just make it so you can control it that way because you know it is what it is and it's designed to be what it is. But yeah, I mean like. It never, I would never have tried to play The Binding of Isaac using mouse to shoot because you're moving around the screen, right? Like, it, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it becomes impossible, basically. Right, yeah. because you can have the mouse in what, like, you can. There's another game that does this, though, besides Binding of Isaac. You can be shooting to the right, and then depending on where you are, suddenly you're shooting up or to the left. And, like, keeping track of the character and the mouse cursor at the same time when the mouse cursor is not not typically a thing that you're like you're either focusing like using a computer you're mm -hmm. either exclusively focused on where the mouse cursor is because you're going to click on something or you're not you're focused on what you're typing or where your dude is that you're moving you don't use the mouse while you're also focusing on other stuff hmm i played Isaac a lot with mouse and keyboard. Really? Yeah. And wow. I found just like in in Hotline Miami, I never really worried about where the cursor was unless I specifically needed to click on a guy to uh, to lock on my targeting. You never you never like threw something and had it miss a guy and then just died because it went you, your thing went, went abroad? Well, when when I when I need to throw something, yeah, I beca I I where's the cursor? Okay, put it in this direction. But mostly, I just relied on where my dude's facing, and which and is Binding of Isaac was the same for me. Uh, and also, but that's based on Geometry where Wars sure. and earlier I mean, I games that were like Geometry Wars. To me, and, like it, it, Geometry Wars doesn't work unless you have two sticks, right? Like the the fact that like all right, so I'm at, I'm at the spot and I want to be swinging my knife to the right of my dude. And in order to start swinging my knife to the left, what I have to do is move my mouse as, to the left as far as it will go, pick it up, move it to the right, set it down, move it to the left again in order to get my guy to swing the knife left. You also instead use of a swinging mouse right, pad, which drives me crazy. It's fucking crazy. That is fucking crazy. You have to you have to pick up your mouse twice to move your cursor that far? He, he has his mouse on a mouse pad, which I find I mean, I crazy. use a mouse pad too, but crazy you guys are both crazy but i how don't do you, how do you get i don't have done? to move it that far to to get that much reaction out of it i, you mean, I you must guys have, might have different mouse yeah i must just have my sensitivity yeah, I, mean, I guess i, I, guess I could try and you. change the sensitivity on it but it's not like it's just like yeah i don't even huh. know man the the fact that yeah i can see how that would be a problem the fact that your dude changes positions relative to the cursor mm -hmm. all the time in ways that you're not really internalizing right because it's it has more to do with where you are in the level, which is arbitrary, than 
I mean, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're closer to the center of the screen all the time than I think you are, but yeah, I think I mean it does move with you. I don't I don't think it keeps you in the center. I mean, I think it uses but... like it's made in Game Maker. I think it uses it uses the default sort of like if you're using a view in Game Maker, which is that it's got a threshold for how close you can be to the edge of the screen before right. it starts following you, which is just it's just based on some like standard that somebody has arrived at right like you you put in the tolerances for it when you make the thing but it's yeah i don't know it's just it feels yeah i don't know it i mean it it feels like the the visual aesthetic is a sort of like an extra kick in the ass when the controls are hard to wrap your head around, hmm. right? It's like, all right, so here we're going to do a thing that's hard and we're also going to make it like all fucked up and hard for you to tell what's going on. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard and I'm a fucking baby. That's <laughs> the the long and short of it is that I'm too much of a baby to play Highlight Mary. I really enjoyed all of the the interstitial things. Like the mm-hmm. you were specifically commenting like you're, I don't know why these levels are here where you just go like get a snack at yep. the convenience <clears throat> store or whatever. I'm assuming you maybe find out. Like those are given a little bit of context later when because apparently this game has a story. Yeah, the story the story does not really start happening until until Act Three. Um, it seemed super random. I mean, and it didn't like it wasn't like it built character I mean, you go or get story snacks because I guess it's trying to relate to you, relate you as being a guy. But um, instead of just some sort of mindless killing machine, and, yeah, and you don't uh, talk to anyone. You just guy. Well, you get. I mean, you have an apartment. You get a girlfriend. Your apartment starts to change the longer your girlfriend is in it. Huh. Things things start happening. The the convenience stores also exist as a place for a, a plot story beat to happen later on. Um, I don't I don't want to spoil anything. I had a I had a weird sort of bug situation yeah, where this, this is funny the so i'd gotten the briefcase this is like in the prelude even i think uh gotten the briefcase went to the dumpster threw it in the guy spawns it's like hey i can hear you or whatever and so i went over and I knocked him down got his pipe or whatever and then <clears throat> he like if i he stood back up and if i advanced on him he sort of backed off and then at some point he just ran through the the south wall and off the screen <laughs> and so i was stuck in the level which is waiting for you to kill him, but he's <laughs> gone, so you can't go back to the car, you can't do anything else. That, you know, that reminds me of this thing that's on this sheet of paper in front of me, where one of the problems with games that are meant to sort of fuck with you and be really atmospheric is that you often can't tell whether right. something is a bug or if you're just too stupid to... <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking, oh, so there's a secret door in this wall? That's awesome. Oh, that's a, that is a great way to, to telegraph that. Yeah, this is like this is like those fucking guys that teach you how to shine spark in Super Metroid. Yeah. It's like, this guy's like, oh, check it out. These fucking walls aren't real for you. <laughs> you're, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> yeah, and so I spent but, a good 15 minutes like being like, oh, no. No. Where do I? Why no, is no, this you not came. Working? You came and got me. I was like putting little cubes in a bag, and you came down and said, "Zach, help me." Yep. I'm like, I'm busy. These cubes are not going to put themselves in this bag, fucker. It's because you, it, you didn't spring for the expensive cubes. It was. It reminded me of a moment that I think I didn't talk about in Kentucky Route Zero, where I, like the the little cutscene triggered when you go back to the farmhouse where you're walking up the path and you start limping and then you can't go on and the girl comes up and you walk on her shoulder mm-hmm. the first time that happened to me totally unable to move after that point like it glitched out and <laughs> oh, i and shit. it just was stuck there and i was like 
Okay. Uh, how long <laughs> does this little piece of atmosphere last? And, and I said, oh, okay. You know, something, something that I forgot to mention when we were talking about Kentucky Route Zero, that just this little incidental thing, I really, really liked the... The, the little horseshoe animation for when you click to go. That was interesting. Yeah. Because it was, it was just a sort of flavor touch. I didn't, I don't know if it will ever sort of become important in any way. Well, it's important insofar as it allows you to establish the boundaries of the area that you can go to yeah. because the visuals don't really provide a crisp sure. delineation. So that, so, that so was it, what it has I was functional using process. For. But I mean, it, it could have been a dot a dot that glowed on the ground or whatever. And so sure, like having sure. it, having yeah. it have such flavor, but it was both functional and stylish. Right. It was interesting. All right. Well, I feel like a failure for having, for having failed given up to, so early to really, uh, to get a handle on hotline Miami. Maybe, well, maybe I will come back to it, but for next week when we're not going to have any time to play any video games, what game are we not going to play next week? <laughs> Save the date. Save the date. I've heard that that's fast. I've heard that it's cool. Yeah. Yep. I don't know anything about it. PC, Mac, and Linux. Is that right? Linux. I wrote that down. Linux. PC, but I was Mac, and Milady. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you bros want to do some listener's mail? Sure. I would. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, an actual audio listener's mail, which I'm going uh, to pause this and then uh, play it for Kevin, who I think will especially appreciate. Hello, Jick, Riff, and Kevin. I just wanted to ask about uh, Kevin's inability to hear certain sounds. So, okay, uh, Kevin, if I say these words, can you tell that they're different sounds? Gem, Jim, Gem, Jim. What if what if I like say gemstone, gymnasium, gemstone, gymnasium? What if I mix it? Like, so it's the wrong way round. Gymstone. Gymnasium. Gymstone. Gymnasium. Does that sound wrong to you? Or does it sound perfectly fine? I'm honestly curious. <laughs> See ya. Well, what's the verdict? So, the first set of gems was... Truly, there was truly, truly outrageous. Well, there was something strange about it. Like, I like I don't know if it was just the way the intonation or whatever, but then the gemstone gymnasium thing was exactly the same. Wow. I mean, it, it is. But, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, you guys are crazy, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. The brain is such a weird thing. And it's it's yeah. odd. Like I was, I had been told that this was a relatively common thing in the Midwest, but apparently it's not. Well, I I'm. I mean, I don't know. I'm. I'm not really from the Midwest. I'm more towards the coast. So, you you have the standard American dialect, though. I think we all kind of have the. None of us really speak with an accent. Yeah. I don't I think mean, an American accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Well, sure. That's, that's except for yeah. That's not. That's not an accent. That's just the way. <laughs> just, that's just the that's way. Just normal God's English. people yeah. talk. Oh, okay. Oh, so Benjamin <laughs> Benjamin Lewis wrote in telling me uh, that I was wrong, and it was not in fact Tales of Symphonia that takes place in Chopin's dreams as he is dying, but Eternal Sonata is the oh. one that takes place in Chopin's dreams as he is dialing 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 a BBS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, thanks and sorry. Uh, 
So I really should have prepared this ahead of time. Um, people are talking about, all right, so uh, Kieran, Con this is, it must be a foreigner, because I don't know how to pronounce either his first name or his last name. Been listening to Video Games Hot Dogs basically since Zach first guessed it on overthinking it, and I do usually agree with what he has to say. Oh, thanks. He talks a lot of good sense, often against the more popular but not as well-founded points of view. Damn right! <laughs> However, I feel that in his recent assertion that consoles would inevitably follow the PC Mac market into the realm of almost all games being digitally distributed, he was very wide off the mark. There are two reasons why I disagree. First is pretty simple. PC and Mac are open platforms. Users can choose whether to get their digitally distributed games from GOG, Steam, Games for Windows Live, or any of a large number of other places. On the other hand, consoles are closed. If I want to get a digitally distributed game on an Xbox, I have to buy it from Microsoft and they have no incentive to give me a decent price for it is they have no competition. Whereas if I buy a copy, at a, a physical copy, I have a choice of stores and websites willing to sell it to me, usually at a better rate than the online price, which admittedly is kept artificially high due to the demands of game stores. Um, second is down to a problem of projection. The average console gamer is not the average PC gamer. A PC gamer is usually pretty tech savvy and willing to configure their computer, download a game, update drivers, etc. This means they're more willing to accept that a game is a piece of software and not a physical thing. On the other hand, the average console gamer, which as Kevin pointed out is the majority of the game playing population, is much less tech savvy. In fact, one of the major selling points of consoles for years has been that you don't need to be tech savvy to use them. Uh, for the majority, it's a game is still a physical thing. It's possible that this perception might shift, but I don't see it happening for quite a while, and even when it does, I don't think it would mean the end of disc-based games. Digital music has been an accepted thing for over a decade at this point, but sales of physical albums are still ahead. Then he links to a... Uh he links to um, yeah. uh, huh, I thought that was I thought that had actually shifted. Yeah, me too. That's interesting. The amount of time that a console cycle lasts now is a long time. Would be my would be my counterpoint to this. I mean, it's you know it's a good point. Like it, 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 it I have to remember that not everybody is like like I don't think of myself as a tech savvy person. And so I think of myself, you know, PC gamer using a like playing games on a PC is super fucking easier than playing them on Xbox <laughs> Live Arcade or, you know, on the like less of a hassle than on the PS3. It's probably not really less of a hassle than playing a game on the PS3. But I mean, I'm not alone in being frustrated with this, sure. right? Like this is a thing that everybody's like, what the fuck? Why do I have to go through all these fucking software updates? Like, you know, there's a PS3 update out now that oh don't install it it'll brick your ps3 like yeah, oh they, boy that yeah that sucked they replaced it fortunately sure no I'm but not. they i mean well the difference is that i mean the ps3 updates i i fully agree suck but they do them for you you don't have you don't like try to play a game and it doesn't work and you go what the fuck is wrong with this and you go in a forum and they say oh you need to load the ps3 update sure I mean, that basically never happens with Steam. No. Or GOG, especially. Yeah. I mean, got like the games Steam that you get GOG, on GOG yeah, are a fucking solved but, problem. Yeah. And is it the case that like do do you not get I guess you probably don't get a Steam key with GOG games. No. You do not. Even if they are available on Steam. Um, I wish. Because Humble, like, you know, I mean, games you that can you get from the Humble Store, you get a Steam key if they're on Steam. Right. That's Any, I mean, I taking think advantage of a GOG, GOG is DRM-free, so anything you download from GOG, you can upload to your Steam library. Just Sure. Or you can put non-Steam games in your Steam library? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I mean, people, like, fucking, they'll, they'll download some game and then rename it to Half-Life 3 to troll their friends to I say see. they're playing Half-Life 3 or whatever, right? You can say, like... You know, whoever is now playing your mom's twat. I see. We should make a game called Your Mom's Twat. It would oh, probably be a really popular yeah. game. 
yeah, I don't know. Video games in stores. I guess that's where people get them. Yeah, a lot of the time. You know? yeah. yeah. I guess there's this still just like your grandma buying you a game. The used market is wanting to give it to you. Less than a, a tenth, I think, of the overall game market. So I don't know that that this the whole brouhaha about used games is as big a deal as people are making it out to be. I don't know that I generally feel like I have a lot of... I don't know that I feel like I have more options for buying a PC game digitally than I do for buying an Xbox game on physical media. Because there's a lot of different stores that sell those, and something is either available from Steam or from GOG... Or, or they're independently, yeah, they're like yeah. or, or independently or humble. Site. That's yeah. pretty much or it. Yeah, right? like, Origins or like the only like I don't consider Games for Windows Live to be competition with any of those other platforms because the only way I would ever fucking use that garbage is if that was the only place I could get the thing that I was looking. Amazon for. has a store now, a digital store. There's, I mean, there are there are a bunch of digital options. Um, I mean, I guess me being unwilling to use something because I personally think it's garbage is a, is a mark of there being competition, but, like, because they do sell stuff that... I mean, I guess I bought I bought a fucking Kingdoms of Amalur on Origin. You also have a choice of when to buy the games. Well, but that's true of physical games, too. But you have perfect knowledge. Like, sure, that's true. Which yeah, is I mean, yeah, I guess you always can effortlessly find out how much those games cost on... And track them. And yeah. in some cases, the retailer will send you an email when this, the game is on sale. But I mean, or... these are a bunch of ways in which this model is better than the existing model. And although the average video game customer might not be as savvy as the average PC customer is now, they're probably as savvy as the average PC customer was 15 years ago. Like, And they're not getting any stupider. So, like... If it becomes an option to buy games digitally on the Xbox One or or the PS4, it will be cheaper than buying the games, and people with broadband will realize that, and that's how everybody will start getting the games. You know, it's like... Well, and, I mean, they already sell full games on the PS3 and Xbox stores. I don't think they're significantly cheaper, if at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe they won't be. I don't know. You know, the only way the only way that I can rationalize my belief that like I don't think that there is any meaningful way based on the events of the last 2 weeks or 3 weeks in which Sony is a champion of the common man and Microsoft <laughs> is an evil empire, right? Like I can't interpret this in any way other than they obviously don't have anything invested in these opinions or mm -hmm. these opinions wouldn't be the way that they are. And so it's, you know, I really don't think that it's going to matter. I think that when it comes time for somebody deciding which of these consoles they're going to buy after the kind of person that can only buy one console, it's either going to be whichever one your fucking parents buy for you right. this Christmas or it's going to be whichever one has the the franchises that you care about the most. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're a girl in her dorm room that really wants to play all the Final Fantasy games that come out over the next ten years, you're going to get a PlayStation. And if you're Call of Duty bro, you're going to get an Xbox. Yeah. And that's it, right? Like the 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 kind of people who. Why is a girl going to be in her dorm room for ten years? She's a grad student. Okay. 
I mean, girls are more likely to achieve long-term academic success than fucking bros. They're all drunk. They're, they're just Playing there to... Call of Duty. Yeah, they're just there to meet a girl. <laughs> they're there to get their MR. Um, and then to play Call of Duty, in which their characters will eat MREs. <laughs> uh, all right, there were also some uh, forum uh, questions. Antoids is suggesting that Order of Ecclesia, as, uh, as an intro to a modern Castlevania game, is a blend between the old and the new. It might be a good way to ease you in. I don't know that I agree with that, uh, mostly because I did not like Order of Ecclesia. Hmm. Hmm. I still feel like it's the best of that trilogy. Really? Yep. Huh. Because I am a I am a portrait of ruin girl through and through. I I I I um I initially didn't like the division of small stages in Portrait of Ruin. I but I thought Order of Ecclesia improved on that by having the stages be a little larger and not as uh repetitious huh i thought the levels in order of ecclesia were much smaller are they there were a lot there okay. were more maybe, of them and maybe they were okay that maybe that's what i'm thinking of is the there are more of them and therefore there was more variety but also you didn't have to because like the the portrait of ruin ones you ended up going into each of those places twice well there were two versions of them. yeah it was two versions of them and and also um the way they had like an overworld map between them made them seem more like real locations. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and also, I, I, I felt that the two-character thing in Portrait of Varun was weird and clumsy. It was, although it didn't really make any difference. Yeah. Right? It wasn't particularly meaningful, and you could mostly just stick with whatever one you liked the most, which was, I think, just the dude, because the dude was the one that played like a fucking Castlevania yeah. game, and yeah. the girl was the one that <laughs> played all like different. weird, like, Gradius or yeah. something, which you didn't want. I think we can all agree, though, that uh, having to draw the symbols on the screen in the first one sucked. Well, sure, but I mean, you know, it seems like everybody was contractually obligated to do some touchscreen bullshit when the yeah. DS first came out. Yep. Uh, but he continues, Symphony of the Night is obviously the famous one. Nothing anybody says can really sway you to or against it. If you emulate it, I highly recommend a gamepad. The game isn't hard without one, but there's some really cool button combos you basically can't do on a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, Dawn of Sorrow and Aria, they're essentially the same game. A really good introductory ones to the new style of Castlevania. They encompass the formula pretty well. Symphony of the Night is so good. It really is. It It... Just 100% holds up. Yeah. Like, there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, well, you know, it depends. I don't... I don't like that it requires spoilers for you to play most of the game. I think you can either very readily, by accident, figure out the sort of mid-game twist that the game is actually only halfway over. Yeah, but you're f- I almost walked away from it. When it first ended. You're fairly unlikely to, and so, like, I knew that there was an upside-down castle, and when I got to the ending, because I had seen people playing it, like, my stoner friends that I went to visit and just hung out with and, like, just spent, like, three weeks, one Christmas, just smoking pot and playing video games (laughs) and playing chess, because we got snowed in. I, I went to these stoners' houses and got snowed in for three weeks. And so it was like, okay, well, I guess we'll walk to the liquor store and to the grocery store to get some Michelina's meals. And somebody just had a fuckload of weed. So this is seems like a pretty good Christmas vacation. But, uh, I just watched them play a ton of Final Fantasy VII and a ton of Symphony of the Night. And I knew that there was more to it than I encountered mm-hmm. when I finally 10 years later went to play it myself. But then I had to look it up. It's like, oh, because it's not... 
It's not that you have to be wearing the... I always think of it as you have to be wearing the snorkel when you fight Dracula <laughs> in order to unlock the upside-down castle, but that's totally not it. It's like some <laughs> pair of glasses or something yeah. when you fight Shaft. <laughs> so I guess that's one thing that's wrong with it is that the dark priest is named Shaft. Yeah. the uh, I, Jenny played it here recently, and uh, I... I I seem to remember, she'll have to correct me if I'm misremembering, but I seem to remember that she was like, woo, I won. And I said, oh, really? You got the second castle already? And she said, what? <laughs> and I said, uh, you didn't win. <laughs> yep. Doesn't it kind of make it clear that it's a bad ending, though? It's like. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what she said. It's she not like crazy bad. Or whatever. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the. That's kind of what they're expecting the hook to be that to to make sure you know that you've missed something and that you should keep playing it is that this is such an obviously bad ending huh. where you've just killed Richter and that's it. Okay, you know one thing that I do actually think was fairly bad about the design of well no, this is only bad because I made it bad. But when I actually played through Symphony of the Night the first time, which I like bought a PlayStation at a garage sale and eBayed a copy of Symphony of the Night on the weird opaque black <laughs> CDs to play it. And I I remember, like, at the end of a play session, I would pull out one of the familiars, go to a particular room where you could stand on a raised platform and zombies would keep spawning and your familiar could keep killing the zombies, and then I would just go to the bar <laughs> and then come back and save when my familiar was level 99 where I woke <laughs> up the next day. And just doing that to all the familiars, and I'm like, all right, that's kind of bullshit. Like, the fact that I did that, right. the fact that I am lame means that this game is lame. <laughs> really, that is the answer, though. Like, there are a bunch of legitimate ways to play Symphony that I, you can, I'm pretty sure you can just buy it on XBLA. Yeah. Um, you could at some point. You can't, you can get it on PlayStation if, Network, I believe. If you buy a, if you have a, a PSP. Yeah. You can buy the Dracula X Chronicles, which is an interesting that is an interesting little evolutionary step between like Castlevania 3 and Symphony of the Night, the Rondo of Blood remake yeah. that they made. And it has if you whip a particular tombstone in like level 3, it unlocks a portable playable version That's of, crazy. of Symphony of you the Night. You can also now I... you can also now just download Oh, okay from the PS network onto your PSP. So I think you probably can't play it on like a 3DS. No. Or, I don't think it's ever been on a Nintendo or legally platform. on a PC, but there are there are plenty of ways to buy it and Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's probably the best one. No. It might be the best video game. Like it seriously might just be the best video game. I would be I would be hard-pressed to choose for best video game between that and Super Metroid. Clackling says, given all the recent and constantly ongoing issues with EA's clear evilness, I feel like they're sort of stuck in this Catch-22 situation where literally anything they do would be seen as an evil attempt to do evil things. What would you guys do in their place to attempt to begin mending the bridges? Handjobs? Well, I mean, I think... You, I, you don't think your wrists would get tired? They're almost mm. fucked either way, right? Because, like, let's say that they had an internal initiative to fund a bunch of, like, risky auteur projects in the hopes of making the Citizen Kane of video games. <laughs> no, but just in the hopes of, like, coming up with something that they could point to and say, like, no, look, we, we let 
you know, we, we facilitated this, but somebody would figure out a way to spin that bad. I mean, like at a certain point, you just can't be the good guys anymore. And I think that, that clackling because you, you are a, you are an industry insider now and you've been, you know, you've, you've worked for the man Basically, you are now cursed with my curse, which is the ability to have sympathy for the man. <laughs> so this is the same as having been raised by cops or having having run a company is that you suddenly can be like, wait a minute. Maybe people are wrong when they just have this gut reaction. This, oh, these, this sucks. They suck because they're a big company. Smash I mean, I'm, I'm sure EA fucking sucks, right? Like... It was depressing. I, I used to think of EA as a thing was like, man, back when they made like Starflight, they were awesome, man. And then just like reading about the history of it, it's like, no, that Trip Hawkins is a fucking prick and all he cared about was money. Always. At every point. So like there was never a point when EA was like this this idyllic thing. It was always, always. And they fucking all were. If you re- if, and it could just be this book spinning it because this guy only interviewed the money dudes or whatever. Mm. But it's like every story of every company that you thought like, oh, wow, they just wanted to make games and be awesome. Nope. It's all just some you know, fucking NBA. It's like, hmm, video games. That's what make some money. Let's exploit some young talent who's enthusiastic about working on something because they, they think they're making art. Oh, it's so adorable. It's, it's, uh... I, I can think of one. Cyan was always pretty good. Mm. Of course, they're gone now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Omnis says so I checked out the trailer for the new Ultima game and in it the Lord British guy takes credit for inventing MMORPGs I guess my question is huh well I mean he made th- he made th- in a lot of ways the first thing that is sort of identifiable as a modern MMO right I mean it depends I guess on if you don't count MUDs mud. like if you count MUDs yeah. then sure no but I mean, Richard Garriott might have picked the name MMORPG, for all I know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ultima Online is the first game that I ever heard described. Rather, it is the earliest game that I ever heard described that way. How long after that was EverQuest? Two or three years, I think. Maybe hmm. maybe I'm wrong about that. Let's, uh, let's see. I think EverQuest came out in 2000. So let's see when Ultima Online... I am typing into Wikipedia. 97, so three years. Maybe I'm wrong about EverQuest. I played EverQuest, no, 99. So yeah, a couple years. Okay. EverQuest was categorically different, right? Like, Ultima Online was top down like the like the like sort the of ultimate earlier right, ultimate shitty, games shitty yeah. diagonal ultima diagonal ultima um uh, you know and everquest was first person and yeah you had to look at a spell book which you couldn't uh, regenerate your mana and see at the same time was it first person yeah it was huh that's interesting uh, i'm used to an mmo being third person i think maybe you could play it third person hmm like you could scroll out, but it, it defaulted to third person. It was also like when I started, my very, very first experience playing EverQuest was being thrust into Kanos, the initial town, just fucking pitch black because it was nighttime <laughs> on the server. And I just like fell in the water and died <laughs> because I didn't know that there was water there. Just no fucking idea what was going on because I couldn't see anything. And you start with a candle that if you equip it, it provides some light around you, but it doesn't. Ex- it didn't explain that. It didn't. Oh, wow! Like it sounds I, like early Dark Souls. 
Fred Levi says, it was, interesting, uh, it was interesting to hear your opinions on the Invincibility Star. I was wondering how you felt about it in regards to the level gimmick where the question mark blocks will give you either a star or a, a coin, depending on whether you're already invincible when you hit it, making the whole level into a kind of race because the level design in such stages will usually kill you if you don't stay invincible for the whole thing. Hmm. That, I think, is super interesting. Like, an Invincibility Star before a portion of the level that you can only traverse with the Invincibility Star is a different thing than yeah. the invincibility star just being like, all right, you just get every power up. Like, you know, if there's a, a line of those weird miniature one, one by one piranha plant things that are what serves as spikes in the Mario universe. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Glebe says, my girlfriend is a sign language buff, and she says that it would theoretically be possible to only communicate in ASL, but nobody does that because it's super impractical. And then, yes, Riff, they do make books in American Sign Language. More crazy windings, finger spelling shit here. <laughs> Win windings? You think uh, this was a wingdings? I don't know. Uh, hey guys, says the Dog Delusion. In a previous question, you talked a bit about player skill versus character skill, and I wanted to ask you a slightly more specific question in the same vein. Skill check minigames. Yay or nay? For example, many Bethesda games have a lockpicking minigame rather than a straight skill check. This means that a character with very low lockpicking score still has a chance to open a very hard lock with enough lockpicks, which is neat, but conversely, a character with an extremely high skill who should be able to pick a single lock on a whim is still required to do the stupid bobby pin twirling minigame. So what do you guys think about these kinds of minigame puzzles? Are they fun? Should there be an option to have the minigame be bypassed with the outcome determined purely by my character skill? Or simply bypassed if the uh, character skill is sufficiently higher? Is it a good thing that occasionally players have to use their wits to do something that their character should theoretically be able to do on a whim? Or are these minigames just an attempt to give the appearance of content and gameplay depth with fiddly time wasters? Uh, for reference, there's a short list of representative mandatory skill check minigames that I can recall. And then Fallout and uh, Skyrim having the bobby pin game. Yeah. Oblivion had a slightly different one. Uh, Oblivion also had a speech and persuasion minigame with a colorful wheel that you rotate. That was... That thing is fucking nuts. <laughs> it, I, I really don't... I never, even after reading about it on wikis and reading the instructions, I don't understand how the fuck it is supposed to work. <laughs> like, you, you get... You get four options, which are like, you know, joke, dominate, insult. That's when Matthew Lillard shaves his right. balls. He feels really <laughs> dominate. Uh, and there are two of them that they react positively to and two of them that they react negatively to. But to finish the minigame, you have to do all four of them. Oh, so, weird. yeah, th there's just something that I am missing huh. about the way that that stupid game works. And so I just never do it. Oblivion also has basically the most annoying combination of user interface and game system that I have ever seen, which is that when you are interacting with a merchant, there is a button at the bottom that says haggle and you hit that button and it just pops up a slider that goes from easy to hard and you pick, you put the slider where you want it and it says, all right, merchant is buying things for 162% of value and selling things for 44% of value. And you set it where you want it. You set it, you hit the button to close it, and then you try to sell them something, and they're like, nope. So then you open the haggle thing again, and you move it down a little bit, and then you try it wow. again. And they either take it or they don't. It is seriously, like, oh, the most man. the most ill-conceived. Is there, like, a gambling element to you to it? Will they kick you out after so many tries? I don't, think, I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. That's it ridiculous. Is, it is crazy. So... The Elder Scroll, like, Oblivion has 
The lockpicking game in Oblivion is as follows. When the lockpicking game appears, you drag the mouse down as far as it will go to the bottom right to try to turn the cursor away from moving the little tumblers into a mouse again. If that doesn't work, you pick the mouse up, move it to the top of your mouse pad, <laughs> drag it all the way down again. Hit the close button. Quick save. <laughs> Interact with the object again to start the lockpicking game. Hit the auto attempt button. See how many lockpicks it uses. If it uses a bunch, quick load and do it again until it doesn't use a bunch. <laughs> That's how the lockpicking minigame works I in see. Oblivion. I, I really like a, a lockpicking or, or a hacking minigame if they are representative of that action. So like land pipes. Yeah, like if... Like I, I really like the lock picking and the hacking in Fallout Three and Four or Three in New Vegas. Uh, I thought the hacking in Bioshock was really dumb. Hmm. Wow, because I was actually gonna. So the thing that I like about the hacking in Bioshock is that the 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 hacks themselves have a difficulty, mm-hmm. right? Which is represented by the composition of the pieces that are available on the on the game board, and your skill just makes it easier to play the game. I mean, yeah, I mean, as a mini game, it's good, but it doesn't feel to me like I'm hacking anything. It feels to me like I'm playing a mini game. The Fallout hacking sure. is pretty good, right? Because yeah. you're just you're just like looking at a hex dump and searching for passwords, and there are all these things that could be passwords, and mm-hmm. you scan it and find like. I don't know to what I don't know what your hacking skill actually does. That is it's also just super fucking broken, right? Like what I wish is that I had I wish I had the stones to play it where if I lock a terminal out, I just yeah. don't get to use that terminal. Yeah, but all you do is wait until you have one try you. left and then fucking escape out of it and then go back right. in and you get all your tries <clears throat> yeah. back and I, and I I there is a there is a part of me that as a designer really wants that to be patched a thing where you just can't do it. Like, sorry, tough shit. But then there's a part of me that as a player is like, well, how fuck, much would it suck? Yeah, if, fuck yeah, this. Like yeah. if, if I just, all right, well, I, there's a computer. I guess I have a 75% chance of being able to see this new content or a 25% chance of not like, that's not fun. The last time I played fallout uh, three, I, I think, which I didn't notice the first time I played Fallout 3, I think that the passwords are not entirely random. It started seeing to me, seeming to me like the one that was correct was actually thematically appropriate for that terminal. Huh. Hmm. And I don't know if, if that's true or if it, or if it just, you know, uh, my brain seeing patterns or what. But I don't know if your hacking skill makes it so there are more of the little pairs that you can find uh, that could be there is also a tiny bit of skill involved in the mini game because if you if there's a pair that's inside another pair if you use the mm. outside pair it eliminates the inside pair but if you use the inside one first you get you get two of them yep which, i mean which is i feel like that's probably not something that they did on purpose <laughs> it's just a thing that happened every once in a while I also like that it makes oh fuck you guys got it you go to hackertyper.com and you just kind of hammer on the keyboard and it makes a bunch of code appear in green on black and then if you hit caps lock three times it pops up a big red access denied in the middle of the screen and if you hit alt three times it says access granted (laughs) 
it, it is pretty much the best website. <laughs> every time, every time I told Chris, like, all right, Chris, this map you made me is cool, but I want it to be more cyber. Right. I should have just pointed it at that. <laughs> if I had known about it, I would have said, look, this is the most cyber thing. <laughs> Uh, speaking of cyber, Divernon says, you briefly mentioned Android Netrunner in episode 101. I think the systems and flavor of it are the most interesting of any card game that I've ever come across. The game is very well designed with regards to ambiguity and timing, two things that Magic does very well that torpedo most other card games. While playing with the pre-constructed decks is fun, they contain deliberate weak areas in order to push you towards deck building. There are shitty cards, and then he lists them, that you're meant to notice and want to remove from your deck, for example. Uh, Mark Rosewater talks about this in the Bad Cards episode of Drive to Work. I should listen to that again. Um... My question, do you have a local game store or board game group that you regularly attend? Most of my love for board and card games come from having a local group that all played the same games. Netrunner has gone over well at my LGS, and I'd recommend teaching it to any Magic-playing friends of yours, bros or otherwise. We pretty much only play board games with each other. Yeah. But we are, we are a large enough group of people that we, I feel not, like we get not super plenty boring. of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that I do kind of wish that we could sustain is like a regular-ish pen and paper yeah. role-playing thing. But nobody wants to DM. Yeah. Like, I feel like we are all so fed up with creating experiences for people that it's we like just want to go... healers and tanks. We yeah, just want to go yeah. have somebody... I'm, just, I, I'm no good at improvising, so I always feel super, super awkward. Yes, you are. And? and? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that was some uh, listener's mail. If somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, Kevin, how would they uh, how would they go about doing that? Well, they could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us vghotdog at gmail.com, or they could check out our website, uh, which has links to our forums, videogameshotdog.com. Okay. Well, I've had a good time recording an episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, gentlemen. Uh, the mm -hmm. next time, yep, the next yep. time you hear our voices, uh, two of the three of us will be in San Francisco. So we will have eaten some delicious sausages from Rosamundo Sausage. Indeed. Grill. That is almost certainly true. <laughs> have a great week, everyone. Bye, everybody. See ya.